Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Geek Tower Radio podcast. We are back this week with not one but two co-hosts. So I have with me... And Matt, how are you doing? Great. <laughs> Hello. I love the little remix that you do when we're on together. Uh, I'm, I'm really well. I'm looking forward to going through 2021 with you guys. Yes. Matt, how are you? I'm good. Looking forward to doing the, the same thing. Awesome. Certainly. The reason I've got two co-hosts on this week is because it's a special edition of the show because it's coming up to December and that, of course, means... So this is the Geek Town Awards launch podcast. We are going to go through all the shows that are in the list. Some of these may get chopped off while we're going through the show. Some things may get added that we realise we've missed out. If you have uh, been following for the last 10 years, because this is the 10th time we've been doing this, you'll also know that we have a huge prize package that we give away every year, which is a, a massive prize, which you can win by entering the sort of lottery when you enter the awards. And there is also a smaller mystery box which is another runner-up prize with more stuff in it as well so uh, here is the prize list the 2021 massive geek town awards giveaway includes prizes such as but not limited to DVDs and Blu-rays including Star Wars The Last Jedi, Gotham Season 3, Gamora, CSI and Batman Gotham Knight. Collectible figures and figurines with characters from Game of Thrones, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Rick and Morty, The Walking Dead, Torchwood, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Terminator and Penny Dreadful. Mugs and other drinking items including a Pink Floyd hip flask set, mugs from Aliens and The Avengers, a Walking Dead drinking stein and Friends coasters. There is also a huge amount of general geeky stuff including Breaking Bad and Walking Dead notebooks, a Suicide Squad baseball cap, an IT t-shirt, Call of Duty socks, a Walking Dead Fleece Blanket, a Jaws Jigsaw, Rick and Morty Top Trumps, Forza Horizon 4 for Xbox One, a Be More Vader self-help book, and a pile of other geeky bits and pieces. Lastly, we have a bunch of tech stuff, including an Amazon Fire 7 tablet, a Google Chromecast, and a Google Nest Mini. It's really easy to enter. All you have to do is go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards and vote using the online form, and you will be entered into the prize draw. So head over to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards now. 
That's what you can win in this year's Geek Town Award. Huge prize once again. For those of you that haven't heard before, the way the Geek Town Awards work is they run from the 1st of December 2020, in this case, to the 30th of November 2021. So the shows have to have aired within that period to be eligible for the awards this year, which is why you might find that some shows you might expect to be in certain categories aren't there because they aired outside of that time period like the witcher for example is not anywhere on the list because it was 2019 when it last aired and it's not back until later on in the year so that's why certain shows are missing from the list and of course there may be shows missing from the list just because we have decided that they're not worthy of being put on there it's possible that some things have got left off either because we've forgotten about them or didn't make a big enough impact that we think they should be eligible for certain categories and i'm sure there will people that disagree but you know it's our list and that's what we put together so (laughs) let's start off where we usually start off and get into the list with the best new non-sci-fi drama we have Big Sky, which technically has had two seasons, but the first season did air in the eligibility period, which is why it's in best new non-sci-fi. Bloodlands, which was BBC drama. Bridgerton, which actually aired the first season in the eligibility period. Dan Brown's The Last Symbol. Heels, which is the Stephen Amell wrestling drama that is on Amazon Prime. Professor T on ITV. Ridley Road on BBC, The Flight Attendant on Sky, The Outlaws on the BBC, Vigil on the BBC, White Lotus on Sky, and Your Honour on Sky. Those last two, actually, I originally had in the limited series category until Greg pointed out they'd actually be renewed for new seasons, which I hadn't realised. But uh, so there you go, (laughs) or I'd forgotten. (laughs) So, uh, Gray, any choices out of this list? So there's a real good range of choices there, and it depends what you're into. I love seeing that Bloodlands and Vigil are both on there. Obviously, these are from the creators of Line of Duty. Both of them really held on to great Sunday night audiences. I like Vigil more than Bloodlands. Vigil had a little bit more anticipation to each episode. Bloodlands was frustrating, had a really frustrating twist, and also sort of bucked the trend of what, who we should follow. So I, I agree they should be on there. Big Sky, I preferred the first half to the second half. Flight Attendant, amazing program. White Lotus, bonkers. And unfortunately, Your Honor, I gave up with after after two or three episodes, I found it really hard to get into. I really love the actors within the program, but I just found it too hard to focus and concentrate. So I gave up on that one. So my shouts would be the flight attendant and vigil from that list. What about you, Matt? Anything particular on there for you? I kind of agree with Gray on the the big sky thing, although I do think the second half, yeah, it did add like this different element to it, but I still felt like it held up with the continuation of the story from the first half. Uh, that being said, I think the flight attendant's the best one on mm-hmm. this list. There has been a lot of good stuff this year. I really enjoyed the lost symbol. I thought that that was certainly a step up from what you'd maybe expect from network TV. I mean, technically it's Peacock, but it was actually an NBC CBS co-production. And I think it steps above that. And I think they did a really good job with it. So I really enjoyed that. In two minds about whether to put The Outlaws, which I really enjoyed, that's the Stephen Merchant comedy thriller, whether to put that into the comedy section or whether it sort of sits in here. I think it probably can get away with being in here just about. Uh, Maybe it should be in the comedy, but I really enjoyed that as well. Vigil, I do agree with you, Gray. I thought was the stronger out of that and Bloodlands. 
I haven't actually seen all of White Lotus and all of Your Honor. So for me, I'm sort of with Matt. I think The Flight Attendant, a fun show which was solid and gripping throughout the flight attendant was the one that really Mm. stood out for me so that will probably be where my vote would go here I think out of this lot of course the voting is entirely up to you when the lists go up on the website you'll be able to vote for these yourself Moving on to best returning non-sci-fi drama, here we have Billions Season 5, Call the Midwife Season 10, Cobra Kai Season 3 on Netflix, Dexter New Blood, which I was in two minds whether to put that in limited series or put it here, but technically it is Season 9 of Dexter, so I put it in here. That's on Sky. Line of Duty Season 6 on BBC, Love Victor Season 2 on Disney+, Plus, Outlander Season 5 on Amazon, Ozark Season 3 on Netflix, Sex Education Season 3 on Netflix, Success. Session Season 3 on Sky, Blacklist Season 8 on Sky, and You Season 3 on Netflix. Matt, where would your vote go in this? As much as I thought Sex Education Season 3 was maybe the best season, although the other two seasons are still great, I just think that Victor really kind of did a lot of special things. In the second season, it dealt with a particularly tough storyline, and uh, the way that they had characters go about that in a different way I thought was handled really, really well. And uh, I just thought that was really fantastic. So that's what I would go with. What about you, Gray? A wonderful <laughs> list. Some absolutely great dramas on here. You know, Line of Duty, Sex Education, Love Victor. I think you're going to have a popular vote with things like Succession. I would almost, you know, this would be my argument. I know every year Call the Midwife does quite well, but I wonder if we should take that off because I think there needs to be a new person because it's good, but it's not doing anything majorly different each year. Whereas some of those dramas, I think, probably deserve the crown more than Call the Midwife. And my argument would take that off the list see how line of duty versus succession sex education go i think love victor is great matt absolutely loved it you know i loved it but i think our voters might not go for it because it's a little bit niche and it's going to be one of those bigger sort of like critiqued programs and so here's my vote to remove call the midwife controversy (laughs) yeah i'm kind of with you on that actually because like you say there is an argument for taking it out because it's not really doing much different every time and the other shows are bringing something new to the table so it's going I've decided (laughs) it's moving out of that list what I will do is I will make sure it is still we've got a a British TV show of the year category later it is still in that so there will be a place to vote for it but I will take it out of the returning non-sci-fi drama list for me really like the last season of The Blacklist because that had some major cast changes towards the end and same with Billions actually both of those shows are going to have very interesting new seasons because they both had huge cast changes coming up Outlander I am a huge fan of and I think they do a wonderful job with that show although I mean it's listed as Amazon on here but of course it's moving on to Stars Play for the sixth season Dexter Newblood I think they've done a wonderful job with and out of the shows on that list that's probably where my vote would go I was a little disappointed with the end of Line of Duty I mean as a show overall it has been phenomenal throughout I was a little disappointed with the ending of it that slightly takes some of the shine off it and Dexter's currently on and we haven't got to the end of it so it's a little unfair comparing the two but at the moment I think my vote probably is leaning towards Dexter although there is a lot of good stuff on there Uh, I'm way way 
way behind on Succession and I suspect that will be quite popular. I suspect Line of Duty will be quite popular as well. I don't know exactly what the public will go for. Outlander, I think, would be quite popular, but it is on a on Amazon Prime or previous seasons have been. So I think that's possibly going to cause it some problems. Love Victor, I know, is a great show, but I agree with Gray. I think it's a bit niche, possibly, which could cause it issues. I'll be interested to see how you, the third season of that does, because that's been hugely popular on Netflix. That'll be an interesting category to come through and see what people pick out of it. Moving on to Best Limited Series, we have Dope Sick on Disney+, Plus, Dr. Death on Stars Play, Halston on Netflix, It's a Sin on Channel 4, Mayor of Easttown on Sky, Nine Perfect Strangers on Amazon, The Shrink Next Door on Apple TV+, The Serpent on the BBC, and Time on BBC. Gray? I haven't seen a huge amount of these, even though Dope Sick is on my list, but it's a two-horse race for me personally between It's a Sin and Mayor of Easttown, Mm -hmm. two outstanding programmes this year. I've heard great things about Time, but people really struggled as it was so bleak. Um, And Nine Perfect Strangers, I'm midway through... And I read the book and I prefer the book so far to have what I'm experiencing on that. But I really hope Halston don't win. I know that was a real shock when it won awards recently over some of the other ones. But Mayor of Easttown, it's a sin. Absolutely two horse race for me. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Uh, I've only seen like the first episode of Shrink Next Door, but it was quite a good start. But it, it's a sin. It's quite a big standout here, I, yeah. I think, with the story that it told and how emotional it was and everything like that especially those like last couple of episodes um yeah. so that's that's one that stands out quite a lot to me i think i agree i mean mayor of east town and it's a sin i possibly the two stand out for here it's a sin though for me he's possibly one of the best dramas i've seen in years and i i think russell t davis did an absolutely phenomenal job with that miniseries and for me hands down that's the thing that should win this category Again, we've got an issue with where some of these air, things like Doctor Death, which airs on Stars Play, and The Shrink Next Door, which airs on Apple TV+. Plus. Both of those, I think, are going to struggle purely from where they air more than anything else. Yeah. But ultimately, it's a scene. It was a Channel 4 drama. It was available to everybody, and it is an absolutely outstanding piece of work. So I think possibly that may do well with the public, but we'll have to wait and see what comes up with that. But uh, that's going to be... a interesting one but for me it's a sin it's the thing that stands out more than anything else in there moving on to best new comedy series we have dollface which is on disney plus kevin can f himself which is on amazon mr mayor on sky the mysterious benedict society on disney plus only murders in the building on disney plus reservation dogs on disney plus starstruck on the bbc the cleaner on the bbc Mighty Ducks Game Changes on Disney Plus, Young Rock on Sky, Monsters at Work on Disney Plus, and Solar Opposites on Star on Disney Plus. Matt, as much as I like Monsters at Work and it was a really great expansion on the film series and everything, but it still included Mike and Sully, so it still had that kind of heart of the the series there. Solar Opposites was just really good fun, like a slight difference to Rick and Morty, obviously from the same people. But Kevin Kenneth himself was really, really quite incredible to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the way that they balanced literally the comedy and the drama sides of those things, especially with like the different tones and everything, I thought was like pretty much perfect. I know it kind of threw some people off, but I got what they were going for sort of straight away. So, and plus, Annie Murphy was just incredible in that show as well. Yeah. So I would go for that in this list. What about you, Gray? There's some great stuff in there. I've watched the majority of them as well. I really loved Dollface when it was on. It really alternative as a comedy. Kevin Kenneth himself, and midway through that, I've been actually talking about that in school, about trying to teach my students about how they really twist conventions of a sitcom there. My votes would be for Only Murders in the Building and Starstruck. Absolutely love both of them. I agree with Matt says Monster Workers Sir Robs do great things, but they're just not up there with the quality of the storytelling in things like Only Murders in the Building. And Rose Matafeo's like lead in Starstruck. That was absolutely fantastic. I love Greg Davies in The Cleaner, but it wasn't for me personally. I didn't really love it. Great big stars in it, but just didn't didn't make me laugh. I hope Only Murders in the Building could come through with a good vote here, even though it's Disney Plus. <laughs> I mean, Disney Plus has got quite a lot of stuff in this category as well, which uh, so it's, it's going to mm. be kind of be interesting. But uh, yeah, Dollface, I thought was interesting and really inventive. I did really like Mr. Mayor and Young Rock. Both of those, I thought, did wonderful jobs. And for network shows, I think they are really solid comedies as well. Only Murders in the Building, I was a huge fan of. There is a very solid list here. And The Cleaner, I thought, was brilliant. And Solar Opposites is one of my favourite things in terms of the animation and just the comedy. It's really, really inventive. I thought they did a wonderful job with that. Purely for inventiveness and difference, Kevin Kniff himself, I think, is a just a genius piece of work, though. I kind of agree that the way that it's structured, if you've not seen it, the idea between Kevin Kniff himself is basically takes the idea of a traditional sort of family network sitcom, but twists it so you follow the wife when ever she sort of leads the room and it turns into a sort of much darker Breaking Bad sort of drama at the same time. It's a really odd mix and it takes a little while for you to sort of settle in so you've got this sort of really broad sitcom attached to this very sort of dark comedy drama as well and they've sort of mashed it together it's an odd mix but it works incredibly well that is probably where my vote would go as well I think just because of the inventiveness of it I thought that was really really clever again this is another one that is going to sort of depend on what services people have because there is a lot of of Disney Plus in here. There are a couple of BBC things and obviously Sky as well. So we'll see where that lands. But yeah, that's the best new comedy series. Now, returning comedy series, there are some duplicates in here because of the weirdness of, you know, the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. We have had a few shows which have had first and second seasons in the same year. So returning comedy series, we have Back Season 2, which is on Channel 4, Dead Pixel Season 2 on E4, Dickinson Season 2 and 3 on Apple TV, Ghost Season 3 on BBC, Mythic Quest Season 2 on Apple TV, Stage Season 2 on the BBC, Superstore Season 6 on ITV, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist Season 2, Working Man Season 5 on Netflix, Breeders Season 2 on Sky, Inside Number 9 Season 6 on the BBC, and Ted Lasso season two on apple tv plus matt where are you going with this (laughs) i know where matt's going (laughs) yeah this is a very very good list actually apart from the one show that clearly stands out to me the bottom two are all very very i've not seen breeders but inside number nine ted lasso really good working moms is really good so is extraordinary players is really good superstore staged mythic quest dickinson dead pixels those are the the ones i've kind of seen they all had very very good seasons 
but um, I think everybody knows that I'm picking Zoe out of this, yeah. really. So uh, given course. the way that yeah. I've spoken about it this year and last year as well, when the first season aired, but uh, it's just a very special show and the second season's incredible and it's as simple as that for me, really. Yes. What about so, you, Gray? Uh, it's so good to see uh, Staged and Zoe back in there. They, they were two out of my top three from 2020 as well. So they are both fantastic. I continue to love Zoe's. I'm a little bit behind um, where you are, Matt, but I agree with everything you said. It's, it's absolutely fantastic season. I really enjoyed Breeders, what they did with the second season. They aged the children um, mm-hmm. and they moved it forward. And I thought that was really interesting. And it gave the series a little bit of a boost, a new sense of life. I loved Inside Number Nine. Um, I'm behind on Ted Lasso, but what I've seen so far in season one, I'm really enjoying. And Ghost is amazing too. I think our awards will go to a BBC programme, most likely, like Ghost, Staged and Inside Number Nine will do well. But I agree with Matt, Zoe's is up there for me for for the best. Yeah, I really struggle because there are three shows on here which I completely adore. um, Four, actually. I mean, Dead Pixels, I think is brilliant. And they do a wonderful, wonderful job on that show. And I thought the second season was was just as good as the first. I really, really like that series. There's also Mythic Quest, which I thought was outstanding again and did a really, really good job. And it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with the third season of that. Staged was completely superb. I mean, I loved the first one, which was the sort of all shot in lockdown. The second season, I think they did a brilliant job with that as well. And uh, I, I really hope they do more of that. But it's Zoe's. It sort of has to be because it's Zoe's and and you know how much love we have for that show. It is very, very close between Zoe's staged and Mythic Quest for me. Those are the, my top three and they could interchange in the drop of a hat, but I think out of everything, I would probably just put Zoe's over the top for me. It's nice to see strong comedy coming through because given everything, you know, all the pandemic stuff and everything that people have been through the last few years, the comedy sometimes is a bit of a weaker category and there's been some really truly excellent comedies over the last sort of 12 months um, so it's been great to see that and it's great to have really mm. strong lists for both those categories judging by what we're seeing here as well there's a lot of them are on different platforms like you got E4 you got Channel 4 got like some stuff on Apple some stuff on BBC uh, ITV obviously had Superstore so it's been kind of spread out a bit more as well it's not just like because like you said with the uh, new comedy a lot of it's Disney Plus um, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because of the target audience they go for but um yeah a lot of this stuff is is spread around as well which like you said with the whole platform thing in terms of what's free to watch and what isn't i think that gives a bit more of a maybe an even playing field yeah i think you're probably right and i agree with gray there is a good chance that the bbc things may do a bit more but then there are a lot of people out there that have got disney plus less so with apple Mm -hmm. tv a lot of people have netflix and a lot of people have sky so it's not actually as weighted necessarily as you think it may be it was interesting last year was previously we saw the BBC things sort of step out way in front whereas last year we're not seeing that quite as much we're starting to see it sort of even out a little bit more so we'll see where it goes with the comedies but of course you will get your chance to vote when the awards go up best new sci-fi fantasy series so we're getting into the proper genre stuff now fate the wink saga that's on netflix foundation on apple tv plus raised by wolves on sky which just about sneaks into uh, the list this year 
Shadow and Bone on Netflix, Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney+, Plus, Sweet Tooth on Netflix, The Nevers on Sky, Wheel of Time on Amazon, and Invasion on Apple TV+. Plus. That is the list. Gray. Where are you going with this? Anything you've uh, seen? I've seen The Nevers and it was all going well until the final episode. And I was a bit like, um, um, <laughs> I need the second one to come back. Uh, Shadow and Bone is generally on my to watch list. I do want to watch that. And I've listened to you two both talk so passionately about some of the others. And I know that Wheel of Time and Foundation will really battle it out for the hardcore sci-fi fans yeah. um, because they've gone down really well. That's going to be my comment on the sci-fi fantasy stuff. And I'll, hand, I'll hand over to yourself and Matt for the expert opinion. <laughs> so what about you, Matt? I'm having a lot of fun with Invasion at the moment, mm-hmm. especially the, the sixth episode, which was just 30 minutes of pure intense joy, if that's <laughs> even a thing. So it was very good. Just hope it gets renewed because I feel like it won't. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Bad Batch Bad Batch was a lot of fun. I like the way that it fit into the Star Wars world. Those characters were really interesting and everything. Raised by Wolves, I did enjoy. I sort of forgot about it a little bit. I guess yes. that, was, that might just be one of the things where it aired months ago. So, see, with the Wink saga, I did see some people have some problems with it because of the way it's adapted from it, the cartoon or whatever. The thing for me is I never saw that cartoon, so I never had any of those expectations. Yeah. It was just sort of, for me, it was just, here's a series about like a Harry Potter-esque sort of thing, and I'll just watch that because that's what it is. But I enjoyed what I saw from that, and uh, I, I think that's got a second season as well. But to me, that was just kind of an alternate live-action Harry Potter-esque sort of <laughs> right, thing yeah, yeah. That, that mainly focused on women i had no expectations from like the the cartoon before although i have seen a picture of it and it does look very different so uh foundation i never quite did sort of get halfway through the first episode but then i realized i was too stacked with television so i sort of put that on the shelf for now shadow and bone i never started the nevers i watched two episodes and then just sort of fell off whether i got too busy or just sort of forgot but it it was it was all right from what i saw I just sort of got a bit too busy, I suppose. And Will of Time has like just come out, so I've, I've not started that yet. Uh, but for me, it would be uh, Invasion, yeah, I think. I've not started Wheel of Time yet because it has only just come out, but I felt that it needed including on the list because otherwise people would go, where's yeah, yeah. Wheel of Time on the list? So that's on there. <laughs> Race by Wolves actually came out the 5th of December last year, so it literally just sneaks into the list this oh, it year. it was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. I really want to give a shout out to Sweet Tooth because I thought that was utterly adorable, the way they put that together. And I think... I think they did such a wonderful job with that. It's a really, really well put together. I mean, technically, it is a comic book adaptation as well. I think we've got it in the comic book adaptations, but I just think that it was very well crafted and um, it's a very interesting and different story. So it's wonderfully strange and he's more sort of in the fantasy genre, but I really, really enjoyed that. I thought Netflix did a great job with Shadow and Bone as well. And I mean, a lot of the Netflix stuff, they do a lot of this sort of genre stuff of like throw enough at the wall and see what sticks which is why you've got a number of Netflix shows in here. But I thought particularly Shadow and Bone and Sweet Tooth stood out for me. I love The Bad Batch. Again, like you, Matt, I love where it sits in the whole Star Wars universe. I think that does a brilliant job. And Raised by Wolves maybe will suffer from the fact that it was so long ago. But for me, and it could partly be because it's just finished, but Foundation, I thought, was an absolutely astounding piece of work. It's adaptation of an Isaac Asimov novel, which ultimately should be unfilmable. And they do an incredible mm-hmm. job of holding it together. I was said on the podcast last week that it's not something you can sit and scroll through your phone while you're watching. It's just not that sort of show. You have to mm-hmm. focus on it. It's a complex, dense 
story that is really well structured in terms of a TV show to make sure that you can follow it and it works and it looks incredible as well. I think they've done an absolutely outstanding job of that. I'm so happy they've renewed that for a new season. I think out of the new shows, Foundation is probably where my vote would go for this. But again, it's on Apple TV, so that will probably cause it some issues in the voting process. Moving on to best returning sci-fi fantasy series, we of course have Doctor Who Flux, which is currently running on the BBC, For All Mankind Season 2 on Apple TV+, Plus, Lucifer Season 6, which is of course the final season that's on Netflix, Motherland Fort Salem Season 2, that's on the BBC, Snowpiercer Season 2 on Netflix, Star Trek Discovery Season 4 on uh, randomly Pluto TV, as you're sure you've seen all the news on that, that's where it will be airing, so technically it is now eligible for the lift, although it hasn't started airing here yet, but the awards go up on 1st of December, so it will be available then. The Expanse Season 5 on Amazon, uh, Walking Dead Seasons 10 and 11 on Disney+, Plus, Black Summer Season 2 on Netflix, Servant Season 2 on Apple TV+, Plus, and War of the Worlds Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. May as well go to Matt on this, because Gray probably doesn't have much of an opinion. So <laughs> no, I don't have much correct answer. I'll let you two battle this one out again. <laughs> so, Matt, what, what are you uh, going for out of this? Again, there's a lot. this is kind of like the returning comedy thing. There's a lot of really good things on this list. I enjoyed pretty much all of the bottom shows up until, until Star Trek. So like War of the World, Servant, Black Summer, Walking Dead, Expanse, Star Trek itself. I actually haven't seen the top half of those shows because so I, I haven't seen any of the Doctor Who Flux episodes yet. Um, I briefly started For All Mankind, Lucifer I've never seen, and the other two I haven't seen. Black Summer Season 2 sticks out to me, though. That was a really incredible, intense... If you didn't know, I like intense television shows. <laughs> that was just, like, start to finish, really intense, and just a really great story that was told there as well. Of course, I've always got love for The Walking Dead. Um, yes. Of course, An- Angela Kang improving that from Season 9 onwards. Servant was great and, like, really creepy and everything. War of the World Season 2, again, that sort of post-apocalyptic, survival-esque sort of story, which is the type of thing I like. But Black Summer Season 2 just stands out for me here. Gray, do you have an opinion on any of these? Do you, I, I don't know whether you've seen any of them. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Matt got me onto Black Summer Season 1, so Season 2 did pop up to tell me to watch it in Netflix, but uh, it just hasn't hasn't been top of my priority list. So I'll stay quiet again. The next category I've got to say. <laughs> haven't you seen any Doctor Who, Gray? Again, I'm behind. I need oh, okay. to watch the New Year episode before I watch Flux, and right. I know that it's on the iPlayer. I just haven't got around to it. For me, Doctor Who Flux, I have been really enjoying i think it's possibly a little overly confusing in some places and what i do rather like is the fact that chris chibdall's first season everybody went oh well the story's a bit dull and it's kind of not got an overarching story and he seems to have very much taken that to heart over the next couple of seasons including this one of introducing some major world shifting events in the doctor who universe that rewrite bits of the history so I really like what he's doing with that and where they're going with it. It's interesting and he's introduced some very new mythology into the series. So I do like what they're doing with that. However, For All Mankind Season 2, I thought was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Lucifer, I really enjoyed how they ended that. There were some issues with that final season, but I think it got a reasonable send-off. Snowpiercer, I thought was great. 
The Expanse has been great. Walking Dead, obviously, I have a huge amount of love for it. And I really like War of the Worlds. It's really difficult to pick which one is going to pop out of the top for me. Possibly for all mankind, I think. Maybe out of that list is possibly the thing that I would take out of everything. In terms of what the public are going to go vote for, it would not surprise me if Doctor Who wins. It would also mm-hmm. not surprise me if Lucifer wins as well, actually, because I know that's been hugely popular. So that's going to be an interesting one to see where that goes. That's the returning sci-fi and fantasy series. Moving on to best new comic book series. We've had some great ones this year. Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. There is a lot of Disney Plus in here, obviously. Hawkeye on Disney+, Plus, Invincible on Amazon, Loki on Disney+, Plus, Marvel's What If on Disney+, Plus, Resident Alien on Sky, Sweet Tooth on Netflix, WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, and Why the Last Man on Disney+. Plus. I know, Matt, you tried to sneak Superman and Lois in here, but it doesn't premiere until December, so it's ineligible for this year. Okay, It will okay. be eligible for next year, but uh, yes, so that would be on the list, arguably, because it is a great show, but it's not if, eligible. If somebody had picked it up earlier. <laughs> if somebody had actually got around <laughs> yeah. to picking it up earlier, and I know there will be a lot of people that have seen it via other means, but it's now on the BBC, but it doesn't launch until December, so it can't go on this year's list. So, Gray, what are you hey, going for? Yes. <laughs> so I've seen nearly all of these. I think the only one I haven't watched yet is Hawkeye, only released very recently. I'm waiting to sit down with a friend. I haven't seen Sweet Tooth. All of them I've liked in different scales. I think they all have something to bring to their own sort of style. I didn't like Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though I understand what they were trying to do. I loved Invincible. This is because of you two suggesting it that I watched it and I was absolutely hooked. And then I told my other friend about it and he was hooked as well. I loved what Loki did. I really enjoyed WandaVision. I laughed a lot at Resident Alien, a bit bizarre, but for me, far and above, WandaVision has got to take this. It absolutely changed our entire expectations of what the Marvel Universe can do, and it really set up this fantastic new sort of era of Marvel. And so that, to me, is the far and away best thing from the new comic book series. What about you, Matt? Yeah, Marvel certainly came back swinging this year, didn't they? Yes. Uh, Even with the films as well, you know, Eternals was great, Black Widow was great, and so was uh, Shang-Chi as well. Falcon Winter Soldier, I kind of agree with some of the, that there was like maybe some pacing issues in the middle, but ultimately I like where it ended up with, with what they did with Sam Wilson. That had a good kind of end result. Hawkeye, I've really enjoyed those first two episodes. Invincible was very visceral, but great as well. Obviously, it's another Robert Kirkman thing. Loki, I like the start and the end of, but again, I think had some pacing issues in the middle. What if I didn't actually finish, but I still very much need to do that. Resident Alien, I didn't see. Sweet Tooth, I didn't see. WandaVision is the standout for me on this list, and I thought, the last man was actually a bit of a disappointment i was kind of a few episodes behind on it before it got cancelled yeah and i was like oh i'm gonna catch these like two or three episodes at some point and then it got cancelled so i just dropped the show but one division i think did some really special things obviously it was kind of the uh the comeback for the mcu after what a year and a half <laughs> which was great but uh, really did a lot of great character work on wanda and on vision as well and of course was the start of the next kind of big thing that was that's going on marvel has had a very very, very good comeback year this year as well. So, yeah. But yeah, one division for me stands out. For me, Invincible, I thought was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Loki, I really enjoyed as well. I, I mean, I like all of them. I 
quite like what they're doing with Hawkeye. It's got that sort of Christmas diehard movie vibe going on, which I really, really like in the opening two episodes. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I did like what they did with that. I enjoyed What If. But out of all of those Marvel series, WandaVision, purely for the way that it came back and the amount of effort they put into jumping through those different eras of TV shows and mimicking that and just the production value, the acting, the script writing on it, I I think he's absolutely outstanding. So for me, I think probably WandaVision, although I really, really liked Invincible. I thought that was a superb series as well. WandaVision, I think probably just takes it. Uh, Resident Alien, I thought was great. And I do have a huge soft spot for Sweet Tooth. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful series as well. But I kind of with you, I think WandaVision is probably the one that would take it for me. I think Disney's won that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's with them being comic book series, Disney was going to have a lot of stuff in that category anyway. So, you know, it was, yeah, Disney really had a fairly solid chance. But as I say, Invincible, which is an Amazon series, I think he's definitely, definitely up there. In terms of returning comic book series, we have Doom Patrol Season 3, which is on Stars Play, Stargirl Season 2 on Amazon, Legends of Tomorrow Season 6 on Sky, Lucifer Season 6 on Netflix, The Walking Dead Seasons 10 and 11 on Disney+, Plus, Titan Season 2 on Netflix, and The Walking Dead will be on Season 2 on Amazon. Matt, what are you going for on this? Hmm. I've really enjoyed what both Walking Dead shows have done. Well Beyond, is that's its last chance to win because it's ending in like two weeks. Walking Dead has been very, very good again since season nine since Angela Kang took over. Let's just say I didn't like Titans season... Uh, actually, was season, <laughs> well, I didn't like season two or three of Titans, so <laughs> whichever one you want to you go with. Uh, obviously, season three is a little bit later, isn't it? That's out of the uh, eligibility. Yeah, that, that hasn't launched but, over uh, here yet. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. we've sort of seen it because we have access to various things, but yes. Season three, I think, is actually infinitely better than season two, but I, I mean, I enjoyed season two as well, so... The Arrowverse, I just thought, fell apart this year. Yeah, so in terms I mean, of like... I, I mean, Legends... I don't think Legends had a bad quality season I just thought it was still kind of it's kind of fun all over the place show but I kind of was able to make peace with it after season six which could have like served as a series finale but of course they had to have that last five seconds of uh, the episode Stargirl was quite good although I've got three episodes left to watch for the season and Doom Patrol people keep telling me to go and watch it you really should uh, yes which I I do want to but I'm going to give it to Walking Dead World Beyond because I want to do that any from you out of these Gray? I'm really glad that it isn't just an Arrowverse list that I know in previous years we haven't we just has been a long Arrowverse list of all the ones they've offered I thought Legends was a bit bonkers towards the end of that it may have been me being ill at the time but it was just that's what I love about it though (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's the only one I absolutely couldn't stand Titans you know my feelings on that from uh, from last year I thought it was uh, horrendous and I know I've heard some mixed of things about season three and I'm not tempted to give it a go I've heard great things even though I've not watched them Stargirl and Doom Patrol have but great things about them but I think Doom Patrol being on Stars Play is going to put it out of eligibility for the win so I wouldn't be surprised if The Walking Dead takes this one just because it's probably the most popular and the most accessible of them all yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I I expect The Walking Dead probably to walk away with this but um, (laughs) um, yeah you will notice that I mean of course out of the Belanti shows there is The Flash still on air there is Supergirl would have been eligible for this The Flash would have been eligible Batwoman would have been eligible none of them are on the list because Frank 
frankly, those shows completely fell apart. And mm-hmm. I don't think they deserve to be on there. We've uh, we've had agree. huge issues with, I mean, the last season of The Flash, the way that that ended was just horrendous. And I don't think Batwoman really has been pulling its, her weight. She, it's got better, actually. I mean, obviously they had issues changing leads and stuff. And I think the second season was okay, but I still don't think it's there. Legends this is the only one that's consistently been of reasonable quality out of all of those. Yes, it's silly and bonkers over the top, but it is exactly what it set out to be. You know, they yeah. are very winking to the camera all the time with that show. They know what they are. They make references to the fact that they are a TV show in some cases as well. I mean, it's a very kind of knowing thing. And Supergirl's got very kind of worthy. And I just have issues with some of those Belantiverse shows. I think they can wait completely off the rails. So that's why they're not in the list, because I, I just don't feel like they should be there. Not really, no. Not when you've got things like Stargirl, which is another Belanti show, but I think has done a phenomenal job with the second season. I think they did really well with that. Doom Patrol as well. I haven't actually started the third season yet, but the second season was brilliant, and that has been consistently great throughout. Titans, I enjoyed the second season. The third season, which isn't eligible yet, but the third season is really good as well. But Lucifer had a few issues with some of that final season, but I still think it deserves a, a slot. But The Walking Dead will probably win this. Has Lucifer actually finished now? Yes, yes, Lucifer has finally finished now. Okay. After, after sort of various false starts of or fo- false finishes, it has actually finished now. So that is the final season of Lucifer. But uh, Walking Dead, I think, is probably the thing that's going to take this. I mean, I'm enjoying Well Beyond as well, but I think the main Walking Dead show, given that it's The Walking Dead and there is a huge fan base for it, I think is probably the thing that's likely to win this category. Mm. Moving on to British TV show of the year, we have Call the Midwife, as we talked about earlier, season 10 of that, Doctor Who Flux, The Outlaws, Vigil, Bloodlands, Professor T, and Line of Duty season 6. So, Grey, what are you going for here? I think Doctor Who's probably going to get it from our fans of Geek Town, but I think Vigil is slightly better than Line of Duty this time around. As I say, with, with the ending that you talked about earlier, it was disappointing. So, But I think Doctor Who's probably going to get it from our voters. Yes, quite possibly. Although, Call the Midwife always does really, really well. So, oh, I've forgotten it's back. <laughs> yeah, it is back in this category because it has to go in somewhere, I think. So, um, what mm-hmm. about you, Matt? Apparently, I've cut down on British TV quite a lot because I haven't <laughs> seen any of these seasons. Right. So, okay. It's either that or I've just, I've, I've admittedly stopped paying kind of attention to BBC because I've got, you know, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Disney and all this other stuff. And that gives me more than enough great content. But um, it'll be interesting to see what wins. I think it'll maybe be between Doctor Who and Call the Midwife. Do you think possibly that with the way that, because uh, it was this sixth season, wasn't it, of Line of Duty that yeah. people had issues with, that might sort of like hurt it a little bit. So maybe people will have enjoyed Call the Midwife and Doctor Who. So that seems more likely to me, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one because I, I would be interested to see how well Vigil does out of that list and whether the sixth season of Call of Duty will put people off. But I don't know. I suspect Doctor Who will probably win or Call the Midwife. But that's going to be an interesting one to watch, I think. They are all mm. BBC shows. You could almost call it BBC TV show of the year. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it might be that Call the Midwife wins this one, but then the other category that Doctor Who's in, that might win it in that? Possibly, yes. So that they, they get a share of it each, I suppose. It may get split that way. I would like to see Visual up there, but we'll see. 
The next category you have is Best Documentary Structured Reality, which I'd actually taken out and then Gray added back in. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I I only took it out because I couldn't think of enough documentaries this year because I haven't seen enough. But then there are a few that I've seen. So when you mentioned it, oh, yeah, that's a good one that somebody's added into the bottom as well. That was me. Yes. So uh, Best Documentary Structured Reality Series, Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. That was on Netflix. Clarkson's Farm on Amazon. Framing Britney Spears on Sky. Friends the Reunion on Sky, Interior Design Masters on the BBC, Ronan Kemp, Our Silent Emergency on the BBC, Sophie, Murder at the Cottage on Netflix, Spice Girls, How Girl Power Changed Britain on Channel 4, Taskmaster on Channel 4, Beatles Get Back on Disney+, Plus, This Is My House on BBC, Tiger King 2 on Netflix, and The Oprah Interviews Elliot Page on Apple TV+. Plus. Well, this is your category gray so what are you going for <laughs> so why i stay quiet in the uh, sci-fi rounds is because this is what i love watching as well it keeps my brain going more than anything i obviously bunch them together because you know we could almost have a whole list on like panel and comedy shows because randomly taskmaster and this is my house and interior design masters in there alongside some really good documentaries i don't know how well they do but you know it's, it's everything that doesn't fall into our normal categories really yeah. there are some fantastic fantastic shows this year and although I know some of them won't win, some of them are really important for just popular culture. Roman Kemp was on male mental health and male suicide. It's really key. And that message was so important. And I think it was a fantastically done documentary. I'm not a huge fan of Roman myself, but it was delivered in such a sensitive and important way. And I really hope people sort of connected with that. Spice Girls, How the Girl Power Changed Britain was just fantastic 90s memories and revisiting all those stories, which I think, was, again, was really important. Then you go to straight to the bonkers this is my house Stacey Dooley presents it and it's just as bonkers as it sounds four people try and pretend that it's their house and all these celebrities have to choose who first I was addicted Hmm. to it um, and it was just so funny and I enjoyed it so much but obviously very important as well framing Britney Spears in this list as well and obviously there's a, a great result that we've recently got but this documentary was the first of many and I know I could have listed about four Britney Spears documentaries alone in this list but this was the first one this was the one that came on to Sky Documentaries really early on in the year to sort of highlight what was going on and from there it just absolutely ramped up and and we're at where we're at now so fantastic stuff on this list but my my vote would be for Framing Britney Spears although I imagine Friends Reunion's got a bit of a shout in there as well. I I would think so yeah what about you Matt anything particular out of this? Yeah usually I don't speak on this category really because I don't really watch much of these types of things Um, I tried I think it was an episode or two of the vanishing at the the hotel thing I just kind of fell off of that a little bit but I I thought it was it was interesting what they did with it I just kind of fell off with it slightly the friends reunion was good and it's interesting because after that came out that Cinderella film came out didn't it which has also got James Corden in it (laughs) and it was interesting at the time because a lot of people were saying I think you two were kind of saying as well about some problems with like James Corden's hosting and, and that kind of stuff and at the time I was like oh I don't really see too much of an issue with him and then I'd seen some like other things afterwards and then I saw like something to do with the Cinderella film and I was like okay I get it now (laughs) (laughs) it took me a little bit longer to get there but uh, I I kind of realised not that that's any sort of damage towards the Friends reunion I still thought it did what it needed to do Yeah, it was very good still the one that stands out for me the one that I added was the uh, Oprah interviews Elliot Page on his uh, transgender journey Mm -hmm. which I thought was really eye opening really educational and I was already aware of like certain transgender issues but Elliot went into some specifics that like you wouldn't have really 
really have thought of yeah. before. And I thought those were some interesting details to kind of learn. And I, I really appreciated kind of watching that. So that's what I'd ultimately go with. But I really did enjoy the uh, Friends reunion as well. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to check out the uh, Britney Spears one. Uh, which one of those should I watch? Because you mentioned there's like four different uh, um, I think- versions. Yeah, Framing Britney Spears was the one that started it. And then I think on Netflix, there's Britney versus Spears, which uh, okay. really delves into the details. But there was another one on BBC as well. And I think there's one on Amazon. So there's a, another follow up one on Sky, which is it's not Framing Britney Spears. It's something else, Britney Spears, uh, which yeah. I, is a sort of follow up one as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of those documentaries around. For me, I liked the Cecil Hotel documentary. I thought that that was really good and interesting and sort of takes some really intriguing directions. It was a little bit long-winded, I think, you Mm -hmm. know, because it was like six episodes and I think you could have made it a two-hour movie quite easily. They spun that out quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Clarkson's Farm, I really enjoyed. And it does very much depend on whether you could stand Jeremy Clarkson. I know a lot of people can't. I will tolerate Jeremy Clarkson, but I thought he was really funny in this because it's less about, you know, him tearing things up in cars and it's about him trying to do something which he knows absolutely nothing about and it's just very well put together and it gets you interested in farming which I would never have thought it's really really good that docuseries I've put the Beatles get back on here because I I mean that's only literally come out this week and the first episode of that is astonishing if you're a Beatles fan I mean even if you're not a Beatles fan and just have an interest in music the way that Peter Jackson has put that together of he's got this footage which is from a concert that they were supposed to be putting on in the late 60s. It was the first thing that they were supposed to have done with an audience. It's basically about the disintegration of the Beatles, but it's not done with like voiceovers or with other people getting involved. It is footage that has been sat in a vault, which was taken during their rehearsals for this gig that they were supposed to be doing. It's all in their own words. It's all stuff that was happening at the time. So it's like being sat in a rehearsal room with the Beatles. It's truly astonishing what he managed to pull together for that. Three episodes have gone out over the week and they've just been brilliant. So definitely worth watching and I think deserves a place on here. Tiger King 2 I put on because I think partly because people will go, why isn't Tiger King on here since that had a second season? Uh, Second season was great and was a sort of continuation of the first. And the Elliot Page interview was wonderful as well. I think Oprah did a great job with that. I was going to ask Gray if you've seen that, but you haven't got Apple, have you? I haven't, no. I'm struggling a little bit because the Friends reunion I really enjoyed, but I think probably Beatles get back, but then I have only very, very recently watched that. So that possibly is my bias for it because I love that and I love Clarkson Farm as well. So... They will be up there for you to vote on. It'll be interesting to see what people have seen out of that list. A couple of new categories next because there is a lot of great animation around. So I thought we'd put for the 10th awards, we put some animation specific categories in there. So first up, we've got best new animated series. We've got Arcane League of Legends, which is on Netflix, Invincible on Amazon, Marvel's What If on Disney Plus, Masters of the Universe Revelation on Netflix, Monsters at Work on Disney Plus, Modoc on Disney Plus. 
Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney Plus, Star Trek Lower Decks on Amazon, and Solar Opposites on Disney Plus. Gray, where are you landing with this? I think this is where Invincible could possibly take it. I know it's a little bit niche again being on Amazon, but I think it was so much. I mean, What If had some good episodes, but I can't see it being as good and consistent as Invincible across. I haven't seen them all. The monster were too young for our audience who are voting, unless a lot of them got on and watched Solar Opposites. I think it's got to be Invincible for me. What about you, Matt? I'm going to go with Monsters at Work because of what it did for that world and everything. I thought it was great. I really did like Invincible a lot as well. What if I never quite finished Star Trek Lower Decks? I think I watched like the first couple of episodes. I just couldn't quite get into that. Solar Opposites was really good though. So I really enjoyed that. Modoc didn't land for me at all. I actually kind of forgot that that came out. Masters of the Universe I never started. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Monsters at Work here. I really like that one. I'm struggling a little bit because Invincible, I think, is probably the thing that does stick out for me here. But I thought Bad Batch was fantastic. And mm. I really, really like Lower Decks. Part of the issue you have with Lower Decks is it is very much a parody of Next Generation. So if you don't know the original Next Generation, which you don't because you started Star Trek with Discovery, <laughs> I, I can see why that might not hit for you. Mm-hmm. But I think Lower Decks is brilliantly put together uh, and uh, Solar Opposites is wonderful as well I really really enjoyed that but I think out of these new shows Invincible I mean I like What If as well but I, I think you, I agree with you Great. the episodes could be a bit inconsistent on that Invincible was solid throughout so I think it was probably Invincible that would take it for me out of this Best returning animated series, we have Archer Season 11 on Netflix, Central Park Season 2 on Apple TV+, Disenchantment Season 2 on Netflix, Duncanville Season 2 on E4 and Disney+, Family Guy Season 20 on Disney+, American Dad Season 18 on Disney+, Harlequin Season 2 on E4, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Seasons 2, 3 and 4 on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, they've been running through those. Love, Death and Robots season two on netflix rick and morty season five on e4 solar opposite season two on disney plus because that's had both seasons this year star trek lower deck season two on amazon because that's had both seasons this year and because i kind of felt it had to be in there the simpsons season 32 on sky and disney plus so gray any choices from here i've seen quite a few of these i'm still watching duncanville at the moment i like family guy harley quinn solar opposites for me i think harley quinn did the best but I'm thinking about the popular vote here and I think either Family Guy or The Simpsons are likely to take it. I heard mixed things about Love, Death and Robots even though it won some awards recently. Apparently wasn't very popular and I know Matt's a huge fan of Central Park as well. I know I've heard great things about that but I think it might go to Family Guy or The Simpsons. What about you, Matt? I actually love The Simpsons. I do watch it relatively regularly so I'm going to go with The Simpsons and although I haven't seen the 32nd season, it's The Simpsons so, you know, uh, (laughs) it's just you know, random kind of stories and stuff. But uh, I, I really love that show. So I'll go with The Simpsons. Rick and Morty season five. I think I had an episode left of that or something. My uh, box stopped recording it after episode eight. So right. I need to... 
yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. But uh, anyway, I, I I enjoyed very much what I saw of that season because uh, I think there were ten episodes, weren't there? But um, I can't remember. But uh, that was a very good season. Jurassic World, I, I do love that show as well. I hadn't realised there was four seasons out. I think I'm on the third season because I think I finished the second one, so I've got a bit to, to catch up with that. But as you said, they just keep releasing them every few months. So yeah. it's sort of uh, I don't even realise when a new one comes out. Uh, Harley Quinn's a re- that's a really really good version of that character. I really like what they've done with that. Kaylee Koku is the voice is really great. Central Park season two, I've actually been quite disappointed by this second season so far. One of the main issues I had, I thought some of the songs went on like just a bit too long right. and, and a bit too repetitive but it's still it's still a good show it's just got a few issues to kind of iron out and uh, I do need to get back to Archer because something happened in one of the seasons and then I didn't go back to it and then they fixed that thing that happened and now telling stories again with that so but I, I do like what I've seen of Archer as well but I would go with The Simpsons This is a tricky one for me because I love Harley Quinn I think that's a great version of the character season 2 was wonderful Star Trek Lower Decks I'm a huge fan of and Solar Opposites I'm a huge fan of and I really struggle to know which one to pick out of those three I'm really tempted to go Solar Opposites purely because I think it's different and original and Mm. I really love that second season I haven't actually watched the Christmas special which is out now that's on Disney I forgot that came out yeah yes I haven't got around to watching that yet because I just haven't had time but um, (laughs) I really really like that show so I think those three are sort of on a par for me but I'm I'm probably going to go for Solar Opposites out of all of them I think out on that list um, I mean Family Guy is great and American Dad is great and The Simpsons are great but I am nowhere near up to date on any of those so I can't really choose them but yeah Solar Opposites is probably the one that I would go for out of that moving on uh, Grey can sit back for a bit because we're going to do <laughs> Geek Town's Game of the Year so in the Game of the Year list we have uh, Deathloop Forza Horizon 5 Hitman 3 It Takes 2 Life is Strange True Colours, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Subnautica Below Zero, Oddworld Soulstorm, Little Nightmares 2, and Metroid Dread. We're not going to ask Gray this because he doesn't game at all. So, uh, Matt, what are you going for out of the list? I'm going with Oddworld Soulstorm because I thought they did some very good additions to that world. Some very simple little things like Abe's ability to now search lockers and bins for supplies, but the way that added up with the gameplay and he can now get things like flamethrowers and different bombs it's not too sort of over the top it sort of fits with the situation and everything because they're kind of making like a bit of a new canon with this as well because I think they're supposed to be remastering some of the other games this isn't right. like strictly a remaster though it's got like some additional stuff in there as well so it's, it's basically a new game but that was really really good Little Nightmares 2 is the creepiest thing I've ever played but in the best way possible so that was great Metroid Dread I feel like might have a bit of a difficulty curve for some people because it almost did for me yeah <laughs> but uh that, that that was a very very rewarding game to play but those are kind of three that obviously i added those three Deathloop's actually already on sale. I don't think that game is doing very well, but I, I know a few people that did kind of enjoy it, so the Geek Town audience might vote for it. Forza Horizon 5 has gone down very, very well with people. I'm just not really a car person, per se. Hitman 3, I was a little bit disappointed by, but some people enjoyed. It Takes Two, I didn't play. Uh, Life is Strange 2, True Colors, I never got into. Same with Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is probably going to win this, though. Uh, both possibly, because it's yeah. got the mark. Both because it's got the Marvel name and because it's, you know, kind of multi-platform and that sort of thing. Although I think Animal Crossing won last year. So anyway, yes. 
Psychonauts 2 was great. That was a really, really good time as well. Ratchet and Clank, I haven't quite got to yet because I don't have a PS5. And Subnautica is more of a more of your thing. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I just re- I really like what Oddworld and Little Nightmares 2 did. So I would go with those. I mean, I liked Guardians a lot. I know I like Guardians more than you did. I, I really enjoyed the... Mm-hmm story of that and yeah i mean it maybe could have been a little bit better put together but i did enjoy the story i thought though the characterizations of those characters in the video game it's based more on the comic books than it is on the movies but obviously they're familiar because they're both based on the same comic book property the storyline in that i thought was really solid and i really enjoyed it so that is up there for me uh psychonauts 2 i was a huge fan of the first psychonauts game and i thought the second one was wonderful as well for me just because i love the game and i know this isn't going to win the overall category but subnautica below zero i've been following the development of it for a very long time they almost completely rewrote the story and it just i thought was really nicely put together and worked incredibly well so that is the thing that works for me and uh, that is the thing i would pick to be on top of my list i think as of everything but psychonauts 2 and guardians of the galaxy are, are fairly close for me as well so that's the game of the year we can now bring gray back in because hey. we're on to uh movie of the year so geek town's movie of the year we have a quiet place part two army of the dead army of thieves Black Widow, Bo Burnham Inside, Dune, Free Guy, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Jungle Cruise, Luca, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Ring, The Eternals, The Last Jewel, The Suicide Squad, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, as our resident film reviewer... <laughs> as, as our resident, very poor film reviewer. So, I've seen a lot of these. A lot of these are still on my list to see. And I'm aware as well. I might not go and see them, but I read a lot. I listen to a lot. So, I know the general feeling for a lot of these films for me some of them have done great things no time to die has done a great thing i'm not sure for me it's my film even though it will have had a lot of people going to see it i think ghostbusters afterlife is getting amazing reviews a different take on it you know real fans of ghostbusters from the 80s are loving it for me there are two that i just thought were both brilliant and what they did in their genre was amazing and that is free guy and shang chi and the legend of the ten rings i thought shang chi brought a brand new life to the Marvel Universe and alongside WandaVision I think it stood out as a real strength and and the comedy that you had in it and the seriousness and the element of like father-son as well and relationship with the mother and it was just I just loved what they did there and Free Guy I saw recently when I was ill and I absolutely adored that and I, I saw that in the same month as Eternals and I thought Free Guy was up there for me as a better story a better narrative Ryan Reynolds just love him what he's doing as well mm-hmm. um i know a quiet place too good reviews will you know be praised but for me free guy or shang chi is, is my winner what about you matt there's a lot of good films on this list mm-hmm. and uh earlier this week i started my first draft for our best and worst podcast which we'll do next month mm-hmm. and i couldn't choose what my favorite because there's a lot there's a few films i really really enjoyed quiet place part two is obviously very special to me the eternals which i really loved no time to die which i hadn't seen at that point 
disappointed by I saw last night I really really enjoyed as well Jungle Cruise was a lot of fun Luca was like one of Pixar's best films obviously not quite as good as a Toy Story because nothing can be but um, I really really loved the, the story of Luca I think it's really quite incredible Suicide Squad I just didn't really get on with Venom Let There Be Carnage I thought was a bit of a joke and, and quite bad Zack Snyder's Justice League is the film that we should have got in 2017 yes that was a fantastic Justice League story the thing that kind of takes now this isn't to detract from the Justice League the, the actual quality of the film but the thing that detracts my kind of enjoyment of that is knowing that Warner Brothers went hey yeah that cliffhanger with Darkseid yeah we're not going back to that we'll, we'll see you later Yeah. and it's sort of like really people wanted this film for so long and then you did the film and people really enjoyed it you left it on a cliffhanger and then about four days after the film came out they did an interview and was like uh, no we're not doing any more of that so yeah here's a uh, Plastic Man film instead um, <laughs> but uh, Free Guy I've not actually seen yet although I think I'll probably enjoy that that's kind of like video gamey isn't it yeah so that's really good Army of the Dead I really really enjoyed kind of Zack Snyder's take on zombies it was a little bit long but it was still a very very good story Army of Thieves which I think is a prequel I've not quite got to yet Black Widow I seem to enjoy a lot more than what other people did that was very very good Ghostbusters I haven't seen yet I think kind of uh, just just for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of choosing something now I'll go over Quiet Place Part 2 because I, I waited a long time for that film and it was really annoying the fact that it was going to come out in a week's time and then we had lockdown and ev- the, the world kind of went to what it went yes. to so I had to wait a long time for that film but uh, that's probably what I'd just go with in this case This is tricky for me because I, mm. I haven't seen that many of the films I did see Black Widow out of the Marvel ones that I have seen I haven't seen Eternals yet I think Shang-Chi definitely beats that for me I, I really really enjoyed Shang-Chi I thought that was really good Zack Snyder's Justice League is certainly up there I was in two minds about whether we do actually add this because technically it is a director's cut of a film but it's mm. so different to the original version it is a practically a completely different movie so I'm yeah. I think that does deserve to be on the list the other thing which stands out for me on this list because it is wildly different to everything else is Bo Burnham Inside really because I couldn't think where else to put it and technically it is a film but it is just an astonishing piece of work and it's an utter masterpiece of Bo Burnham's weird strange off-the-wall comedy and music and that almost feels like I should really pick that because I couldn't think of where else to put it movie of the year is the only place you could kind of put it in because it isn't a series although it is a comedy so Part of me kind of wants to pick that as my movie of the year out of everything that I've seen so far. So I'm going to go with Bo Burnham Inside, I think, for this, which is I know he's not going to win out of this list because there's too many big comic book things in here. But uh, Mm -hmm. I I think certainly it's on Netflix and it is absolutely outstanding. It is a really quite incredible piece of work. So that is the thing for me that takes it. What did you pick, Gray? I went for either Free Guy or Shang-Chi. So we've all gone for something slightly different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that brings us to the last three categories which are the most anticipated categories we start off with most anticipated new tv series of 2022 most of this list is of course disney shows because i mean we're talking about the geek down list so we have the lord of the Rings series which is on amazon house of the dragon on hbo then we have obi-wan kenobi and or she hulk miss marvel secret invasion and moonlight which are all disney plus shows so great where are we landing I, I love to see there are loads of Disney Plus I think when we all saw that trailer on Disney Plus day it was quite exciting I really 
really do want to, yeah, really do want to see Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion. I, I'm quite excited about Secret Invasion. Apparently, it's filmed just down the road where I am. So uh, <laughs> really? I'm in Sussex, and so they were filming in Dunsfold, where they used to film Top Gear and things like that. Oh, That's yeah. what I've heard. I don't know. It's a rumor, Shh, everybody. But there's a rumor that it was filmed very local to here. But yeah, Miss Marvel. I, I just love that side of the storyline. If it's going down the Captain Marvel element, and there's that in it. Um, I've seen the preview of She-Hulk. I wasn't that interested in that compared to the others. But yeah, Miss Marvel for me. What about you, Matt? I'm really excited to see what Disney does with uh, Moon Knight. I think that's going to be a little bit different. Uh, it looks kind of Batman-esque, or almost that kind of like yeah. Daredevil vigilante side. And I, I really like those sorts of stories. It'd be interesting to see how they handle that on Disney Plus as well, because apparently it's a little bit more violent. So we'll see what they can do. But hey, it's the MCU and I trust them to do basically anything. So uh, <laughs> She-Hulk, with the preview, I don't feel like we were shown much of not enough her, her, no. uh, herself yeah so that it was a little bit hard from that to grasp in terms of what she looks like or what the series is going to look like but i'm still looking forward to that obviously a very very good cast as mm-hmm. well with uh, tatiana in there Miss Marvel, I'm looking forward to. Again, it's MCU stuff. Uh, Secret Invasion, I think it's maybe a bit... We'll see how that kind of ends up. I'm looking forward to the return of Game of Thrones, which some people want to forget that Game of Thrones is a thing. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, you know, I still really like that world. And this is going to be a, a different kind of area for that. And obviously, it's still got the going to be involved with the dragons. So that's going to be really good. Lord of the Rings, I'm looking forward to. Although, we just just for me, we don't really... I mean, we have some information about it, but we haven't really had, like, you know, Not that previews much. or... No. or, or or that much about it but it's been in development for a long time obviously Amazon's going to pump lots of money which they already have done yeah. <laughs> into that so that's going to hopefully be very good but I, I think that the two that stand out to me is She-Hulk and Moon Knight but I'm just because Moon Knight's going to be a little bit different I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that plus you've got uh, it's Oscar Isaac isn't it so that's yeah. a very good casting choice yeah it's how far Game of Thrones has fallen I mean <laughs> you know <laughs> there was a point where Game of Thrones would have been like you know that would have been top of the list and now people seem a bit sort of yeah well maybe i am looking forward to the lord of the Rings series because you know i love that universe and i'm really interested to see what amazon does with it because they are throwing a lot of money at that the thing that stands out the top of the list for me is obi-wan i mean i i really want to see that they've been doing a phenomenal job with the star wars tv series so i really want to see ewan mcgregor back in that role and uh, i'll see where that goes out of the marvel shows i think probably secret invasion although i am very much looking forward to see She-Hulk. We haven't seen much of it, but because it's more in the comedy side of things, I think that could be interesting and different. And Tatiana Maslany mm. is an incredible actress. So yeah, that I am quite looking forward to. But I think at the great shows from Marvel, probably Secret Invasion. But overall, Obi-Wan is the thing that I'm really looking forward to. Most anticipated movie of 2022. Uh, There's a really good list. We've got um, Black Adam, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Death on the Nile, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, John Wick Chapter 4, Jurassic World Domination, Lightyear, Mission Impossible 7, Spider-Man No Way Home, The Batman, The Flash, The Matrix Resurrections, Thor Love and Thunder, and Top Gun Maverick. Some of these have been on the list multiple times from previous most anticipated because they've got bumped. (laughs) But uh, yeah, and of course, Spider-Man No Way Home is in there because it comes out in December, which means it lands in the list of most anticipated because the awards will be running already and it's not released until the Mm -hmm. 20-something. So that's why that's in this list. Gray, where are we going with this? 
It looks so exciting. I mean, I, I've added some of these while we were chatting today. Like, um, I didn't realise Lightyear was coming next year. Originally, I thought that was 2023. So Lightyear is the Buzz Lightyear origin story. Yes. I added Thor and The Matrix, I realised. And I, I had to sort of stop at a point because I was about to add Scream. I was add to add Spider-Man um, um, 2, which is the animated um, Spider-Man the animated 2. One, yeah. is coming back. What an amazing year we're going to have that the cinema is really going to bounce back. Um, hopefully, I'm going to go and see more. I'm going to be uh, working locally and living locally in 2022 so I'm hopefully going to go and see more of these I'm struggling which one I really want to see because so many of them I do I think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be up there I hope we see Black Panther Wakanda Forever I know there are some troubles with filming at the yeah. moment and getting that completed uh-huh. so I hope that's not pushed back um, I'm a bit disappointed in the story that's surrounding that but um, mm-hmm. I'd say Spider-Man then Black Panther and then in third position Doctor Strange I'm sorry they're all Marvel, I should look at other <laughs> stuff because I am looking forward to Death on the Nile because it's got French and Saunders in more than anything. And, right, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm going to go for those three Marvel films for me. What about you, Matt? I think it would be wrong of me if I didn't say Lightyear because I love Toy Story. Yeah. Um, and it would be yeah very wrong of me if I didn't go for that. I'm very much looking forward to the Batman. It looks like it's going to be something hopefully consistently good from DC because they need to up their consistency rate in terms of both film and TV stuff. The Flash, I really don't have a clue if that's going to be any good. I don't think it actually will be, but uh, we'll just have to wait to find out. Uh, the Matrix, I'm kind of looking forward to that returning. So there's that. Uh, Thor, it'll be good, kind of fun. Black Panther, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, Black Adam, I don't have too many expectations for right now. Doctor Strange, obviously going to be the continuation of that kind of multiverse story. So that's going to be very, very good. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home looks like it's going to be really, really great as well. Just depends if the two other guys are in the film, I suppose. <laughs> I but, think they uh, will be, but yes. Yes, yes. But we, we shall see. Um, Jurassic World, I've really grown to like a lot more in recent years, like with the TV series and with some of the films. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I've got to go with Lightyear because, you know, I love Toy Story. Yes. Yeah. It's surprising we've got Spider-Man in a list and you didn't pick it. So <laughs> mm. for me, I'm struggling a bit because Spider-Man is certainly up there. I think probably the Batman is the thing I'm anticipating the most. The Flash, like you say, we don't know enough about the Flash at the moment to know which way that's going to go it'll either be absolutely brilliant or a complete car crash <laughs> uh, I, I don't think there's going to be sort of mm, that was okay it's, it's going to be one end of the scale or the other I think that movie Doctor Strange I think it's difficult to pick between that and Spider-Man because they feel like they're probably going to be one continuation of another in some respects and I am very very much looking forward to seeing Spider-Man and Doctor Strange but for me because Batman is the thing that you know I've, I've loved since I was like you know 15 years old and that version of Batman seems like it's going to be really interesting. So the Batman is probably the thing that is top of the list for me. Spider-Man, I suspect, will do very well with the public because it will be out whilst the voting is on for this. It's just, that's the way things have fallen. It will be interesting to see how Fantastic Beast does because there are a lot of Harry Potter fans out there and that sometimes boosts it up. And the Matrix tends to do quite well as well. So this will be an interesting one to see. Death on the Nile, I know, Gray, you put it in there, but I, I don't see that getting many votes <laughs> um, unfortunately but yes so that's the most anticipated movies and we will end uh, Grey will be quiet I'm sure again here but most anticipated game 
of 2022. We've got Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gotham Knights, Hogwarts Legacy, Horizon Forbidden West, Kerbal Space Program 2 at Starfield, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and The Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Matt, any I, particular thing out of this? I'd like to add uh, Dying Light 2 there as well, because that comes out in January or February or something, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So, okay, well, that can go on us too. Yeah, that's going to be uh, a sequel that I've been looking forward to for a while. So it's had a few delays and stuff, but uh, it, from the previews that we've seen, from the gameplay that we've seen, it looks like they've actually evolved and improved on the game. For those of you that might remember Mirror's Edge, it's basically Mirror's Edge, but with zombies, so it's really cool, basically. So, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, I'm really looking forward to just because there's so much potential of what you could do with the different spells and how you could maybe, you could do a lot of really interesting things with the game's combat and like your RPG mechanics that you could possibly have. God of War Ragnarok, I'm going to play it. I think it's going to be interesting, but from what I've seen from the, the game so far, which hasn't been loads of it, but it doesn't quite look like it's evolved itself that much. And given what I said about like Dying Light 2 and Hogwarts Legacy looks to do, I just want to see God of War do something slightly different to the first revival game from a few years ago. Horizon Forbidden West looks like it's going to evolve things a little bit. There's a few new sort of climbing mechanics and uh, some different sort of combat mechanics. I still want to see a little bit more of the game evolve a little bit more from that, but it looks like they've got a couple of new ideas. I really liked Breath of the Wild. I think that's probably up there with Metroid Dread as the Switch's best game. Suicide Squad, we haven't actually seen any gameplay for yet, which has been surprising, so I'm not sure what to make of that. And Gotham Knights, of course, as well, is going to be something I think a little bit different from the, the previous Batman games that we've had. But uh, my most anticipated game overall anyway is Hogwarts Legacy, so I will go with that. For me, Starfield, I am very much anticipating, which is the new game from Bethesda, who of course are the people that are behind the Fallout games and Skyrim and all that sort of stuff. So I'm really interested to see them do a space game. It's not out until like November next year, so it is it is going to be kind of quite late next year. And of course, as with all video games, they can get pushed back. So whether that does actually end up in the release date, anybody guess. But I am quite anticipating that. Kerbal Space Program 2, I am really interested in as well because I love the first one, but it's very, very difficult to get into because it's incredibly dense and complex and depends how that plays out and whether they've kind of softened the learning curve a little bit for it, which I know some people will complain about, but it would be nice if it was a little bit more accessible to get into as well. But overall, yeah, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League and Gotham Knights I am as a DC fan and those are the ones I'm looking very much into. I, I agree with you with Hogwarts Legacy. I think that will be quite popular. Starfield, mm. though, I think out of everything is probably the thing I'm most looking forward to. My problem with Starfield is one that what they've shown us so far has been just very minimal. Cinematics, yes, basically. Yeah, and that trailer came out and everybody was losing their minds and I was like, hmm, I don't really see the, the sort of like hype, I suppose, because <laughs> it was just like, here's a bunch of land and a spaceship and your character. And I was like, cool, what do I do in this game? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but uh, it, it's also just, I know Bethesda's got a bit more help now because obviously, uh, I think it was called Zenimax, um, who's the company that owns Bethesda. They were purchased by Microsoft for a ridiculous amount of money. Yes. So that will help them a lot. It's just Bethesda, and I mean, they, they were the ones that, Bethesda was the one that was responsible for uh, Deathloop, which I mentioned earlier, which mm -hmm. hasn't quite gone down so well. Some people enjoyed it, some people didn't. It's, um, got, it's, but, it, it's got rated very well. It just doesn't seem to be selling necessarily as well as it was. But. Yeah, it might do better now because it's on sale. So. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But uh, my only 
issue with that and with the, just this, the whole Bethesda side of things is they've been very inconsistent to say the least in the mm-hmm. last like three to five years but with this Microsoft backing I'm hoping that they can start to churn out some better games hopefully Starfield is one of those that's my only kind of not really issue but just we'll, we'll see how that works itself out yeah. so. so that's the end of the list the awards are now open and up on the website so you can go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards and begin to vote and pick stuff out of the categories the awards will be open until the end of December and then we will uh, pull out the prize winners and um, we'll post who has kind of won the different categories and of course reveal who won the big prizes as well that is all up on the website right now you can go and vote from today anything else that you think we're missing from the list guys that you've thought of since we've been going through this uh, anything that you would like to mention or like to add we've added a few things as we've gone along i can't think of anything else that we've necessarily missed what about so, you Gray? i can't think of anything off my i know that we haven't seen the proper full like bbc 2022 trailers which they normally release around christmas <laughs> to see some of the things that are coming up i do not think happy valley is coming in 2022 i'll put that as a shout for an anticipated program but from what i remember they're filming in 2022 yeah. and it'll come to our screens in 2023 i was having an hour about discussing that earlier but yeah i i would always have an opinion when they release the nice december trailer about what's coming in the in the spring yeah that's our thoughts on the list anyway uh, obviously the vote is entirely up to the people you can go on and vote for yourself you'll be entered into the awards you'll get a chance to win that huge prize up on there so uh go and get voting right now that's geektown.co.uk forward slash awards for that there will be more shows coming later on in the month there may be a little bit of a break because I'm away but there will be a couple more regular shows before we break properly for Christmas if people want to get in touch with you Gray where can they find you find me on Twitter at Gray the Geek uh, see me complaining about normal consumer issues and the odd review of a TV program or three and Matt where can they find you you can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org for TV video games films and Manchester United podcasts Manchester United have certainly kept me busy because they sacked a manager and but we have a new one now and he's apparently very very good but uh, we're still doing Walking Dead we've got two episodes left of the the World Beyond series reviewed a few more films recently like Eternals No Time to Die and Venom which I'll try to forget about but uh, a couple of TV season reviews those sorts of things uh, weekly gaming talk podcast uh, lots of things happening you can also find me on Twitch which is going a little bit better than I expected as well a few more people joining in uh, last night as well that's Thursdays 11.45pm GMT that's for the Pez 2020 coach mode which uh, ended very well as well because I beat Newcastle 5-1 so that that was really good Uh, if you miss any of those episodes you can find them all three of them that I've done so far on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays that's where you can also find other Let's Play videos and streams and whatnot that I've done before so uh, that's my things that you can have a look at awesome so go and check Matt out over there on Entertainment Talk Bex you can also find who also is involved on the show occasionally when she gets around to it she should be back on fairly soon but uh, she's on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's B-Y-T-E-S who's streaming daily and various evenings with lots of fun and silliness over there Daryl you can check out on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV series that you love that are shot in Canada for us you can of course go to the website at geektown.co.uk through that the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk the awards are now open go and vote at geektown.co.uk forward slash awards and we shall see you next week bye 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 bye
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.